Good morning, good afternoon, wherever you are. This is Chris down on Bondi Beach. It's coming to, what is it, the 21st of October. You've been doing 21 days of the 30-day challenge, nine days to go. We've got probably 10 days work to do in the nine days. How exciting is that? How thrilling is that? How amazing is that? So it's been a day for me already down on the beach. I did an ocean swim. Uh, with my wetsuit, water still cold. I watched the sunrise at 5.30, sat out in the balcony with a nice cup of coffee. Uh, bad luck, guys, if you're still sticking to the routine. Uh, coffee's delicious once you're finished. Um, I did, I listened to some music. Uh, my early morning music is uh, disturbed singing sounds of silence. I listen to it every single morning. I wake up of the day, it wakes me up, it gets me up. I love that music and I listen to the whole song all the way through. It lasts about three minutes. In fact, the other day I was lying there cuddled up and I listened to it three times. So how amazing start to the day. I've, uh, I uh, haven't eaten yet. It's now nine, eight, nine o'clock and uh, it's time for brekkie. Uh, I had a little bit of protein uh, before I went for my ocean swim, but there you go, it's a great day. Look, I just wanted to give you a couple of heads ups. Um, if you take the Quran, the Bible, the Buddha's Dharma, the Hindu teachings, the yogic teachings, if you take uh, Catholicism, Judaism, you take all of those things and put them in a, a, a mixing pot and mix them all up and take the names of people out of them, they all end up the same. They all end up the same beautiful book. And that beautiful, beautiful book is, goes like this. If you're in a got-to place in life, if you're in a mental struggle, if you're having uh, still, you're having a sense of competitive threat coming against you, living in fear in other words, then there are rules, there are commandments that will give you a leg up, will give you help. And so every single one of the books has exactly the same 10 commandments. You know, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not. And these are there to foreshadow, I suppose is the word, or rise you up to should above your fears. And so every single book that's written for organized religion has exactly the same message. And that is life can be more beautiful if you just look up a little bit above the bottom of the barrel. Now, the way they sell the story, the way they tell the story and the way they pre present the story is very different based on the language and the circumstances, but the message is identical. And then if you go to all the people who are in a should state of life, which is, means they're obligated to tradition, obligated to families, obligated to religions that they've, that's helped them get out of the mud, then you'll find the new age. And the new age basically is business and it says, what do you need? What do you really need in life? And it tries to sell you the, the manifestation, the how to get what you need in life. And it rises you above the morals and codes and ethics that bind you to communities and says, well, maybe you need to individualize just a little bit to focus on what you need, what you need. And what it does, it sends you into the, into the realm of emotion. Every book says the same thing. Uh, every book has this, if you take all the people out of all those books, it says the same thing. What do you need? What do you need? 
and what do you need and what do you need to forego to get what you need. So somebody said to me the other day, I, 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 I've been offered a job, but I don't know if it's the right job. And I go, well, th is there other jobs? No. Um, what are you willing to forego in terms of income and time and space to find the job you really need? I, 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 are you willing to forego six months salary? Or are you not willing to forego that? And if you're not, you better take what you've got. So then we get into the new age. The, the real hippie new age, uh, we go past uh, business leadership and we get into the, the world of yogis and the world of uh, meditation and the, and the world of uh, Zen and the world of um, uh, uh, self-actualization, it's called. And this world is, is, has an, inf an ever-expanding, infinite opportunity because as you go up the pyramid and all the books are telling the same story, get closer to God as you go up the pyramid, all the books are telling you the same story. And, and that is that you've got to expand the boundaries of, of your life if you want to get what you want. So you need to be more open-minded or more open philosophy. So down on the bottom of the pyramid, uh, as you've learned, in a got-to space, people are very rule-driven. It's this way and it's this way and it's on this time and it's that time and this is the schedule and this is what I want and this is exactly how I'm going to get it and these are my expectations and this is what happens if you don't fulfill them. There's punishments and rewards. It's a got-to life. And that got-to life is very constricted. It's, it's highly uh, regimented, extremely disciplined. It's like the police force or the army where they want people, or SWAT team, where they want people to dive in and do something exactly. And so it's a got-to world. But as you evolve up through these shoulds and need-tos and want-tos, it becomes a little bit more freelance. And the rules of shoulds and shouldn't still apply, but only because it creates a stability for the bottom of the pyramid. And now we're starting to talk about what do I want? And this is where most people are in the world get, get to and they go, oh, it's too, all too confusing for me. I'm going back to shoulds and shouldn'ts, got tos and got to not tos. And the kids come into your life to teach you how to be and want to. Because if you keep giving got to to a kid, they're going to revolt. They're going to fight flight. And so you're going to get a, a serious domestic uh, challenge. And so... What nature's doing is saying, evolve your bastard, get up the pyramid a little bit, and kind of like understanding there are, there are boundaries that help a domestic environment. But if you stick to those boundaries rigidly that helped you get from A to, uh, from got to, to to want to, and apply them to your kids too harsh, um, you, you're devolving yourself. And so what we're trying to do is to help the kids and help the families get up into the need to want to area of life. What do you really, 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 really want? What do you really, 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 really want? What do you really, I think there's a song, right? What do you want? What do you want? What do you really, really want? If you really want it, put a ring on it like that. Um, so anyway, we, we start getting up and that's where all the books finish because the, the want to level of life is in a sense the moon. And if we talk about the moon in terms of uh, linguistic, it's Jesus. It's, 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 that, it's that halfway between God, which is love to, and the earth, which is got to. There's halfway, the halfway place, which is the moon. And a lot of people worship the moon um, uh, and follow the moon calendar and live by the moon. And, and uh, I, think, I think Judaism is built around the moon cycles. And so there's a lot of stuff. Even our Christian Christmas is built around a moon cycle. So 
there are a lot of different uh, metaphors that use people, you know, uh, Jesus and Moses and goodness knows what, to really tell a, a celestial story with using human uh, uh, human beings as the, the embodiment of those stories. And so above the want to, none of the books share it. Why? Because all of the books advocate the use of a middleman, the use of someone to get between you and God, to get between you and your philosophy, you and your truth. And they say, if you go to a building, in this building, if you donate some money, we will get you to the top of that. We'll take you to the next desire to choose to love to. We, we, we will do it. And don't, we're not going to show you how. And so all the books are cut short. They haven't finished. And there is no book that I've read in, the, I think it's now 28,000 books that I've plowed through over the course of my uh, years of study of this topic. Uh, none of them, not one, has uh, advocated the process of living in desire to choose to love to. They've said, go to somebody, a guru, go to a priest, go to a preacher, go to a uh, rabbi, go to somebody who will take you there. Now, that's really understandable because you can make, uh, firstly, the power of desire to choose to love to is manifestation, that you're able to create things, you're able to cause things. Well, you can also cause bad. And as we know um, from the world of Nazism and Hitler, he, he got in his head that if he studied from the Hindu text uh, some deep philosophy of how to get from desire to choose to love to, he could manifest what he wanted. And he misunderstood it, but he thought uh, that he could take the world of manifestation and apply it by eliminating anything that he didn't want to have around. So in a sense, it was a dictator used the world of manifestation in a really corrupt way. So you can see why the books would advocate and all of the teachers would advocate that you don't write this stuff down, coach it or uh, guru it or uh, uh, um, uh, guide people through it because you, you don't want people reading this shit who are going to use it for ill-gotten Ill gain. Well, the world has evolved a little bit and uh, there's a little bit of this knowledge out there and there's a little bit of people playing with fragments of it. For example, um, The Secret is a book that talks about manifestation quite a lot and they've given one of the ingredients of the manifestation process, which is how to, how to the power of attraction, but it's just one of the 13 ingredients of how to manifest. And if you go in the Himalayas, they'll teach you how to meditate. And the, the, what you're trying to learn up there is how to, how to um, affect atoms, molecules, and subatomic particles so you can change their shape. And there's many examples in the mountains of the Himalayas where people have put their handprint into a rock and, and softened the rock. And even now, if you go up in the mountains, they can put a block of ice in the middle of the snow, put a block of ice on a, on a, on a, uh, a meditator's back and the, the, they'll melt the ice. They, they can control the atoms, molecules and subatomic particles in their own body and in the ice so they'd actually melt the ice in, in snow. So this practice is not designed to show off their ability, same as the, uh, the Kung Fu uh, Zen uh, people, or Buddhist people who do the Kung Fu on stage and things, what they're demonstrating is the power of the mind to affect atoms, molecules, and subatomic particles. So when we start getting up into the higher realms, we start to have to live a different lifestyle. And in my book, Sacred Love, which is available for free for everyone, um, it's, uh, it's been reprinted so many times I got sick of it, so I just give it away now. 
But in sacred love, the first premise of sacred love, the first premise of living in the top three zones of the consciousness cone is love is a lifestyle. And this is really important that you don't start saying, oh, love is my relationship with my partner and my kids and I go to work and there's no love. There's just hard work and money-making profit. It, love is a lifestyle. And otherwise, you're in Gotu. And if you're in Gotu thinking you're in love too, that's a bigger problem than, than being in Gotu and knowing you're in Gotu. Uh, people, who are, uh, people who are living aggressively, people who are living uh, rigidly, being disciplinarian, people who are uh, uh, stuck in their um, headspace, uh, telling the world how good they are, but actually operating in a different space, treating people with abuse. This is, this is the world of Gotu. And yet that person will say, I'm in love too because they have a relationship with someone they say they love. And that's not love. That is a person you love. That is one thing. That is like putting yourself in a diving bell and going down underwater and saying, wow, look at me, I can breathe underwater. It's not true. It's a lie. It's a bubble. Love is a lifestyle in the consciousness cone, in the top three levels. And that's what you're learning when you work through the 30-day challenge. You're learning this from me, and I'm teaching you hand-to-hand, -hand, which means I'm not throwing this work out to the public to give it to people who... Uh, firstly, we'll get dis, uh, uh, um, disillusioned and think they're in love to when they're really operating in a got to should. You know, I should go and see grandma, I should go and do this, I should do this, I should do that, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do that. When you're living in there and saying, I'm in, a, I'm in the top of the consciousness cone, you're bullshitting yourself. And so I think that's one of the reflective natures of being coached. The other part of this is that once you learn to start in the process of manifestation, which comes after the 30-day uh, challenge, once you come into the world of manifestation, then you, you really need to be responsible for what you're manifesting because everything you change has a consequence. And in the next podcast after this, I'm going to talk about the consequences of changing things. It's very, very important to, to uh, sit down before you say, I'm going, to, I'm going to manifest something, I'm going to change something, I'm going to fix something. It's really important to respect and understand the absolute consequences of any change you set about to make because there are consequences. Everything is connected. This is Chris. Have a beautiful day. Bye for now.